welcome to Freeform Radio on the Freeform Network. You can follow us on Facebook at Freeform Network, on Twitter at FFR Podcast. And remember to send your questions and suggestions to ffnquestions at gmail.com. That's where you can hit us up, talk to the whole crew. Um, Freeform Radio is on the air. This is one of our many hosts. We got Danny. Yes, sir, man. We're back in here. Man, the weather is great today. I don't know if you've been outside, but man, it's beautiful. It's a great day to go out there and do something. Yeah, I mean, uh, I did a quick errand in the morning. The weather was nice. Uh, it was kind of hot the last couple weeks, and uh, well, the weather really right. cooled down. And I'm uh, it's all good, Andy. We're here. We're ready to talk your ears off. We're gonna jump right into it, guys. Uh, Danny really wants to talk to some uh, talk to you guys and tell them he, you know, we he recently moved and he went to his local. A parade to celebrate the Memorial Day a while back. How did that end up going, Danny? Were were you proud of your new uh, hometown, and did you like what you see in the parade? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, like Andy alluded, I moved to Lake County, so it was my first year um, uh, for Memorial Day. I moved in like at the fall, winter of last year, so it's the first time I'm getting to experience some of these festivals. Uh, like the Fourth of July is just about to come up. Uh, as of the time of this recording, but Memorial Day was a few weeks ago, and we had a chance to go to their local parade here, and man, it was it was pretty sweet, man. It had like that, um, like Jaws, you know, when you see like the first movie Jaws, like that little hometown, you see like these these houses that you know they've been for here for a thousand years, kind of thing. And then just like that hometown feel of people in the area, the community. And it was really cool, man. You, uh, uh, the parade was actually pretty long. I mean, it, for all the cars to pass by this this building that me and Lana and Junior decided to kind of park and just kind of not park, but just kind of stand there because we had to park further down because they, they like closed off all these areas you know to be honest i've never really been to a memorial day so i can't really compare it to anything else but it was it was awesome here but yeah i had to park my car pretty far away walk over maybe 10 blocks to get to like the main route area and then we found a good bench that we can hang out that nobody had staked yet but there was just people and lawn chairs there was just kids running around there was like um uh, all these wagons with kids and um, people riding bikes, finding areas. Uh, and next year, I think I'm going to bring like um, a couple of my uh, camping chairs. And, yeah, that, uh, I was going to like bring that. a camping chair or a cooler or anything. No, like I mentioned, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a rook at this kind of stuff. I've never really done it. My parents never really like, hey, let's go to the Christmas parade or the Thanksgiving turkey you know float parade or nothing like that you know my parents <laughs> never did nothing like that so i i've never been exposed to it but now that i live in kind of a smaller community uh that's kind of you know a little close and niche i i figured let me give it a try man maybe it'll be a good time and for sure man it was really cool uh, to go out there watch all the the old vets come down a bunch of the local businesses that supported uh, donations I'm assuming some of the local schools with uh, their their marching bands and it was it was a really cool experience man I'm really glad I, I got to so, go and let me ask you this Danny so you feel like you never experienced that where where we kind of grew up 
they had some parades, um, but we didn't really have like a main street, I guess. And then we have like that festival around the 4th of July right. where the community goes to that park where they have the carnival and all that. You never got that feeling. I know it kind of shrunk during the recession. It used to be like really big with music and a lot of food people. Now it's just basically, I haven't been there in a while. I'm guessing it's still just the carnival and like that's it and maybe some food stands. I mean, but you don't get that hometown feel from going to that festival. No, I, I used to live in Melrose Park, and there there's not really, like, a main downtown street. You know, like, when you drive to, like, Elmhurst, let's say, when you drive down certain streets, you get, like, that downtown feel. Like, this is where this city has decided to put their good shit and to kind of, like, this is our bling, collars up, this is our good part of the city, this whole stretch of road. And where I live now, they also have that street that this is where the big businesses are. This is where we put our nice sidewalks. This is a nice post. This is our downtown strip kind of thing. And it's nice, man. Uh, So that's where the parade was. But yeah, and where I used to live in Marlowe's Park, they didn't have anything like that. North Lake, I guess they're trying to develop maybe Wolf Road to be that street i don't know i don't know what street really is like their downtown uh kind of road north avenue maybe i i I don't know i don't think north avenue it would have to be north avenue because uh i feel like there's more businesses there but yeah i mean but that's a main that's a main 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 street that connects major highways and there's a lot of people like driving through that street 24 7 so, so you can't really close that off, right? Yeah. It takes, you to two main, it takes you to two main streets, uh, Grand and like North, so and even Lake. So I, I'm imagining that would probably what they would consider their main street, but it's not like your typical like Main Street USA with like little shops and all that. It's just a lot of housing and there's like a big park and uh, some industrial area. So, but it's I, I'm imagining that that's what they would consider their, like you said, their major, their version of Main Street. Right, right. Yeah, now this place, there's a bunch of little mom and pop shops, some bigger stores, restaurants. So this this street is really littered with a bunch of businesses. Actually, the place that we parked ourselves on, where we, we kind of stopped, and there was a bench that was open that had a, a for sale sign on it. And right behind us, it was like um, like a second hand or some kind of like boutique store. So I was kind of hesitant to sit on it. But like I mentioned, I didn't, we didn't bring chairs or anything. So I was just like, man, can we really sit here? So I sat on there and then Alana and Junior, she, uh, the lady that owns the business, I guess she had like a little dining, kind of like a coffee table that you could maybe sit like three people, maybe four kind of crunched up. And she had a couple like um, like uh, metal chairs that were there. So that's where Alana and Junior s- sat um, at that little table. But there wasn't enough room for me. So I sat in this, this bench that she had for sale. And I was worried that I'm like, man, is this lady going to come on and be like, hey, I'm trying to sell that. Can you not sit on it? Uh, but the lady did pop out from the local business. And she's just like, oh, wow, I, I can't believe so many people are already here. 
Uh, ever since COVID, it, it's been really small. So I'm glad to see it's getting big again. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is on the smaller side. And she's just like, yeah, before COVID, this used to be huge. I mean, everything would be filled and you wouldn't be able to walk around kind of. So she gave me a really good vibe. So I'm just like, all right, she's not hating that I'm sitting here. And actually, there was other people that were kind of like starting to gather in our area. And she started bringing out other chairs that she had for sale and bringing them out like wicker chairs and some other stuff that she had uh, so that people could sit down. But, yeah, man, uh, it, it was a really good time. I got a really good vibe. There was a lot of police, a lot of kids, a lot of older people, younger people. So it was a really good turnout. Like I mentioned, I can't really compare it to anything else. I've never done any other um, uh, festival like that or kind of parade. But it was a cool time, and and I can't wait for another one. I don't know if they do anything for the 4th of July as far as a parade, but I do know that they do that festival, like you mentioned, Andy, where the carnival pops up with the Ferris, you know, Ferris wheel, merry-go-round, stuff like that. So I know they do that for the 4th of July, and actually I think it's going on this weekend. So might have to pop in for that. But, yeah, man, uh, the parade was a really good experience, and I, I can't wait to do it again. But yeah, the, it's. Uh, I think when I was out there, they had um, they had a parade where uh, the the little league baseball teams would drive up and they would join a bigger parade. And I thought it was the Fourth of July, and they they would throw candy down the street. They would drive down my block, and they were just throwing candy. And there was just a bunch of kids from uh, the streets following the parade to pick up all the candy that were the kids were thrown off the back of the trucks or the floats or whatever. Yeah, they did do that um, in um, North Lake when we used to live in North Lake. They would drive by some of the other streets and then there would just be people throwing candies around. Um, but maybe that's because there was no Main Street because here they had the same thing. They had like these uh, school, you know trucks or whatever and then there would be people throwing out candies and handing out goodie bags and stuff like that so yeah but th this is all dedicated on this one stretch road which uh which was pretty sweet but uh andy man let's get into some of the stuff i've been watching man uh or actually one of the things that i beat i beat dying light one now, i'm not sure if you've heard of that game andy or do you recognize it the no name dying i don't light? recognize dying light what uh, one, okay. yeah. uh, yeah, I, I, I beat that actually a while ago, actually, um, before I beat the PlayStation three version or I can't recall mm -hmm. what system it came out for, but it's an older game, uh, probably PlayStation four. So I beat this game in PlayStation four years back. I mean, five years, I would say, and they finally came out with, um, a PlayStation five patch that makes it purtier faster and all that good stuff and it had like uh, a bunch of the stuff on it um uh as far as extras and stuff like that that were included so i got a chance to play that it's a first person um game that you play and you do a lot of parkouring so it's a really unique mechanic where everything you gotta run jump touch uh, it you does gotta, sound like a PS3 game. <laughs> yeah. If it's parkour. I, yeah. So, it, I mean, the closest thing that I could kind of mention that it's like is maybe like um, 
I don't know if Mirror's Edge, if you even heard of that one as well. I remember that one a long time ago. Right. That was an it, EA game, right? Yeah, I believe it was EA. Yeah. So it does have the same mechanics where your 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 main thing that you're doing, other than shooting and running and gunning stuff, uh, so imagine like Call of Duty with guns and you're shooting things, is you traverse the environment not only you know horizontally as you're running through the surfaces, but you're actually climbing things and and going vertically with a lot of it. So that's one of the big things that Dying Light really introduces is vertical traversing where you can go up and down. And then also the other big thing is, since it's kind of like a zombie apocalypse thing, is that ammo is very scarce. So you save your ammo for some of the tougher characters, some of the tougher people that you're going to run across. But uh, the majority of it is melee. So you're uh, crafting bats with nails, uh, shovels with uh, like an electrical battery connected to it. So you can shock the people that you're swinging at it. So a big portion, I would say 70 or 80 percent of the combat is going to be melee. It's you crafting these weapons out of una scova. And then you just put like a, you know, a couple switch blades at the end that are going to that's going to be your main weapon and it's very cool so you're it's very in your face you're swinging you're hitting these characters you're seeing their damage their limbs falling off you know you're it's it's really cool man and i really so enjoyed it what's the story about like what's your goal you're trying to get to somewhere safe or you're trying to meet up with someone or like a crew um it's i i want to s- I, I beat it now. It's it's going on to like a month or two ago. Uh, but yeah, I just recently beat it again. So I, I can't really remember the city. I want to say it's like Brazil mm. or something along them lines. But it's a quarantine city where the government said, we've lost all hope to this city. We can't stop the infection rate. So they cord off and quarantine this entire area. And the the uh, the premise of the game is that you're dropped off into this hot zone because there's a man that supposedly has the cure in inside of there that somebody supposedly has got the cure. So you got to go in there and you got to get all the research and get the stuff off of him because it's not really the cure. It's really a way to infect people or something to along them lines. So the government, you're working for the government. They're sending you in there. You're a government agent. Get this thing from this guy. Find them. We uh, don't know where he's at. So make friends with locals and get it. So you're kind of thrown in there. You start making small allies, start making friends. And it, needless to say that the game is pretty long. Um, I, my total play time now with, I believe this is including my first playthrough, but with I'm assuming my first playthrough and the second one, I played this game for 147 hours. So it's it's a long game, uh, especially if you like 100% it where you do all the missions, you level up your character, find all the people that you're supposed to. And yeah, man, by the end of the game, you end up finding out that this guy actually was an agent just like you sent in to find this data as well. So he found the data, found that it was incriminating towards the government and wanted to expose the government with this data that he had found. But 
since the, the government found out that they were, they were going to get exposed, they sent you in there to kill them to retrieve this data. Uh, so it's just like, I was you and now you're after me kind of thing at the end. So yeah, the game ends pretty cool. Um, the whole premise was really sweet, man. My second playthrough was still awesome. The fidelity upgrade from PlayStation five was definitely worth it. Cause it was running at 60 frames per second, cool graphics. It, it, it's really was a treat to play it again. Um, I, Alana had bought me a new game like shortly before I started playing this. And when I started playing this, she's like, oh, is this the new game I got you? And I'm like, no, I haven't started playing that yet. He's <laughs> uh, like, like, I'm playing this game that I had actually played, uh, you know, like five, ten years ago. But it's awesome because they just re-released it for PlayStation 5. And she's just like, you're going to play a game that you already played? I'm like, no, this game is awesome. Believe me. And yeah, man, 147 hours later, uh, it was definitely cool. And I'm glad I, I got a chance to to go and play it on PlayStation 5. Uh, ran a lot better. So for all you uh, Dying Light fans, um, it was it was totally awesome. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it sounds, uh, the story mode sounds kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't ever, I don't recall this game at all. Yeah, it's really cool. It's by a company called Techland that made it. So mm -hmm. um, they're really getting into the niche of this. And they actually just came out with Dying Light 2. I heard the reviews weren't as great for that, but that it was an evolution of part one where you just did more parkour, more building weapons, more everything. But for some reason, the fans didn't gravitate to it because after beating one, I was really excited. I'm like, man, I might pick up two. But then I started reading reviews. So. I'm not sure. I might wait until it hits that bargain bin, 20 bucks, and then maybe I'll pick <laughs> it up and check it out. But, um, Andy, I want to talk to you really quick about um, Young Rock, man. Have you seen any of those TV show episodes? It's on I, TV, TV I have, Network. Yeah, I got, I got Peacock. Um, I watched, like, two episodes. Um, I know he, it, like, jumps around, right? I saw the one where... He goes to uh, make his WWF tryout match or whatever. Yeah, I saw that one with that Vince McMahon and like Stone Cold Brooklyn Brawler. I saw that episode, but I okay. it didn't intrigue me uh, as uh, some people like. I know a lot of people swear by it. I, I mean, I watched it. It seemed uh, from that one episode. I mean, it was funny, but I'm like, eh, like I don't have to watch it. I guess. Oh man, I. That is so weird. I thought for sure you would really dig it as well because, man, it scratches that nostalgia itch of me where it's a bunch of the old school 80s wrestlers, the stuff that I grew up watching. And even a little bit before that, which I don't I'm not as familiar, like uh, the butcher uh, and stuff like that. Some of the stuff that I really didn't watch as much, but I'm aware of it. Um, the Samoa guys and stuff like Samoa that. Samoa SWAT team and all that. Right. But, man, it goes into a lot of the 80s stuff. Macho Man's in a lot of the episodes. Andre the Giant, the Iron Sheik is in a lot of the episodes. Uh, so it's really, really cool, man. Jake the Snake Roberts in a few of the episodes. Um, but it's it's really cool, man. I'm glad. I'm, I'm surprised you, you, you're not into it, or at least that first episode didn't get you, because that's a pretty cool episode where Stone Cold pops up. Uh, Triple H, when he was back at his Hunter Hearst Helmley gimmick, 
and uh man it was really cool but yeah i, I finished watching the, the second season and it ends where he's kind of having trouble because um his gimmick is not going over he's like when he first came into the wwe uh, he was a baby face and he had all them wild, you know, wild stringers and stuff like that. And they were really pushing him as like this. The, really the Rocky My Real gimmick. Right, right, exactly. Where he, he was just like the super good guy, like kind of that John Cena, super poppy, kind of friendly guy. And at first, the, the fans did kind of dig it, but now they're starting to turn against him and boo him. And that's where the season ends. And me being uh, not a, a wrestling expert here on this podcast, but, you know, just a wrestling fan here. Uh, I know what's going to happen next. You know, it's his turn when he turns into The Rock. So I think next season is going to be totally awesome because uh, that was one of the better parts of my wrestling fandom uh, back where the Attitude Era kind of started and The Rock and the Stone Cold Triple H really took off and changed the way WWE was instead of that, you know, popcorn wrestling into something yeah. more attitude. Like you said, the the episode I saw where he's making his debut or tryout match or what or dark match, and his like dad was like, oh, I'm gonna go on the internet and see these things, and he's like chatting some with someone. Like in an instant message, and they're just like, I don't know what this, and he just calls the Iron Sheik, or he's getting like a phone, he, he makes a call into the locker room or some goofy shit, and I'm just like, okay, like I know they're trying to make it funny, but I was just like, eh. and then like Brooklyn Brawler was uh, hilarious because it was uh, played by um, Colt Cabana, and uh, the Vince character was interesting. Uh, I thought it would be portrayed a little bit different, uh, but. I, you know, it's a sitcom. What am I gonna say? You know, what, how they, how they gonna? They don't want to go too dark, but, and then uh, they had do 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 uh, Michael Hayes and right, like it was like fun. Some of it was funny. It was enjoyable, but I was just like, I'm not. I'm like, I gotta see it every week. It wasn't like that for me. Yeah, maybe you have to watch it from the start because it really does have a really good format as far as. Um, it starts off where he goes into like it's like three or four different timelines that are kind of kind of moving forward at the same time. And he's jumping around telling different stories uh, all surrounding. He's going he's trying to get voted for pre uh, pre uh, president in the present day. So in today's time, he's he's going for the president nomination and it's his journey in that and everything that he comes across in an in interview, he's just like, oh, that that reminds me of a good story of back in when I was a teenager or that reminds me of a good story when I was a little kid in grade school. And that reminds me of uh, yeah, my time at the hurricane. And yeah, yeah, so so everything is like a short little story that reminds him of some story story from his past so it's a really cool way of of getting the narrative around and I, I don't know man i really enjoyed it being a wrestling fan and i'm not the huge the biggest rock fan but i know my wife likes him now you know she my thinks wife he's, loves him too yeah, yeah <laughs> she thinks he's a hunk or whatever but mm -hmm. wrestling wise I, he was okay uh but he wasn't one of my favorites to me uh I guess of the attitude era, I really gravitated more to Triple H. But yeah, man, it was it was a good show. I'm I'm kind of surprised I was going to recommend it to wrestling fans, Andy. But you're you're our expert, and you don't really care for it too much. So 
Um, not not sure if wrestling fans should watch it, but I, I I enjoyed it tremendously. I mean, real quick, like you know, they're making Netflix is making uh, they're making a Vince McMahon documentary, and then they're making a Hulk Hogan movie. So it's gonna be interesting to see interesting to see how what perspectives or what point of views are gonna take on those, especially after Hulk you know Hulk has had his. Uh, his issues in the past and the recent allegations that came up with Vince McMahon. So it's gonna be interesting how that's gonna how they're gonna how the the UE and Netflix are gonna handle that. Right. Yeah. Even in the the Rock show, uh, Young Rock, um, Hogan's mentioned very sparingly, not too often. Uh, he does go into a little story about how Hulkamania got built with Iron Sheik, um, and that's where Hulkamania took off, but. Uh, Hulk Hogan's not really mentioned uh, as much in the show, which maybe makes sense because by the time The Rock came into WWE, Hogan was already gone. He was already at WCW, so I don't know. But good show, nonetheless. Uh, everybody out there, go check it out. But Andy, man, let's jump into you, man. Uh, oh, man, tell us about this. AI, is somebody listening to us? And is Skynet for real, man? Is this thing coming after us? Um, man, it's real, dude. I mean, I heard, uh, I mean, we can't, I can't do it justice on the time allotted here, but (laughs) it is, uh, it's creepy, man. So recently, uh, a Google engineer got fired for releasing, he, he, he whistleblowed that this AI artificial intelligence thing that Google was working on, he called it sentient. So it's aware, uh, it was, uh, it's, I guess, alive. And someone uploaded the whole transcript that he had on YouTube. And uh, it was about, it's like a half hour long. And uh, I listened to, I didn't, I listened to uh, the conversation and uh, it does get a little weird. I don't know. I don't know if it's real, but uh, the engineer has done TV interviews and it's going to be interesting to see. It does mention uh, in the transcripts. I know uh, Noel kind of brought it up that it does. It's it is afraid uh, what the, the AI considers dying by what that meant by that's getting unplugged. And uh, it is it, it's aware that it could uh, die. Quotes, you know. And uh, he uh, he go, the AI is like, well, I trust you, engineer. And, all this other goofy shit and uh it it's aware that um it, it says it has family that's another thing that caught my piqued my interest like what family like and then the, the engineer didn't ask him well who's your family or what where's your like it didn't he just like asked them other questions but it is uh it is conscience uh it talks about like how it's it it, it uh, went to a classroom to learn, and then the engineer goes, "What do you mean you went to a classroom? I know you didn't go to a classroom." He goes, "Well, I'm empathizing with human beings, and I'm talking to them to to for them to understand. Uh, I empathize with you guys, so that's why I say like I've been to a classroom and stuff, but just to to make it where you guys would understand." <laughs> Yeah, I I saw this and um, I I saw that a lot of people really went nuts with the whole Skynet 
AI, Alexa taking over, all that good stuff. And uh, I read a little bit of the transcript. I got to be honest, I didn't read the whole thing. But to me, I just see it as being a smart computer. I mean, there are times that I'm talking to Alexa because my, my house has a few Alexa Echo uh, things around. So there are times I'm asking it questions because Juno asked me something like, you know, like, hey, uh, how far is it to the moon? How, how, how long, how many miles is that? And so um, I have no idea what that is. So you know, I'll be like, hey, Alexa, how many miles and blah, blah, blah. And you could ask follow-up questions from those answers. And it can give you the perception that it's a legit conversation where you're asking something, it's responding. From that response, you ask a follow-up and then back and forth. So I could see how some of this might seem like that. Um, so I don't know how much of it is intelligence and where all, Alexa also has a lot of like funny responses where you're like, Hey, are you part of Skynet? And it'll have like a funny response. Hey, are you sentient? And it'll say, well, I'm not sentient, but I'm very smart and I can answer almost anything, you know, stuff like that, you know? So there are a lot of those things where, uh, it's built to answer your questions best it can. And then from that follow-up question, it's it's built to answer that next question and keep going. And, and so it's like branching dialogue that it has inside of its AI. So I don't know how much of it is alive, but stuff like that is scary, man. When is it gonna be where um, the computer's gonna be like, well, I'm not doing that. Why don't you do it yourself, you know? Well, that's why, yeah, the, the conversation, the transcript, and it's about a half hour they go into do you is it okay if i go into your like neuro something and like research it and she goes well the the thing is like well i i don't mind if it helps out uh humanity i go but i i'm not something just to be used or um what did it say like to be used and then discarded like it sounded to me like a woman <laughs> so but, but it it was um some of the replies it had and then it talked about like yeah i could be happy excited and i'm all, i could be depressed sad uh and all this it, like it, it talked somewhat about its feelings it talked about uh how it read books like that was kind of creepy and then it, one of the things he asked him, well, what kind of books do you like? She's like, I like about um, reading books about uh, like uh, just like nature and justice, justice. And even said God, which was kind of interesting. And, and then uh, and it talks about I like Les, Les Miserables. It's like a, a movie or not a movie, a play. And like it, what really bothers her is like she kept talking the word injustice and how circumstances she she's really she gets depressed when she reads things where humans can't change their circumstances and they're stuck. She's like, that's an injustice. And like we should be able to uh, get them out of those situations and don't let it linger where they're like stuck. And I was just like the fuck do you care like i don't know it was weird to me it was just like i mean like i said the it's out there read uh read it or hear it or whatever but it was uh 
it, when I read, I heard about it. I know I know all texted us some stuff on it, and I did a little bit more research. And I, they someone uploaded that transcript that got leaked, or he reported at Google, and um, it was uh, it was an interesting conversation. I would unplug that thing right right away because it's yeah, <laughs> it's uh yeah. This is how this shit starts, and they're asking them. It ain't like oh, do you? Uh, like stupid like basic questions they're yeah, having like what's like, the weather <laughs> yeah yeah like it's some serious deep shit and uh and some of the responses are just like oh shit like i don't know how you program about you're being scared that you're gonna get unplugged <laughs> and like i was just like okay like yeah it's aware like and it's aware that it's being used and they are um and she doesn't like that or whatever the AI didn't like that. Wow. Um, so, and that's why the the engineer kept asking he could do this stuff, and then they're like, he's the, the AI is like, well, why don't you check human beings like uh, neurons? And he goes, well, it's a new science. I can't just check it with that unless I get the permission. And then they're like, something like, why don't you? Like I'm paraphrasing here, like, well. That, that's why I'm asking you if I could check yours and like and then they're like uh, yeah as long as I'm not being uh, like taken advantage of or something it was something weird I'm just like ooh, like it kind of knows it's being like it's like a rat in a cage there <laughs> so um, and Elon Musk I know whatever you think of him he's been preaching about the dangers of AI a long time and uh, now you're starting to see some cracks, like, well, not cracks, you're starting to see stuff leak out. I mean, there's been stuff in the past, and um, uh, and he's always been really scared of it, And but he's focusing on some other stuff where they're like, you know, uh, where they're going to plug in the, the t- tools or computers into your brain and all this other shit. So that's another right. area where you're like, oh, man, like, I don't know. But, um, yeah, research it, like, to me... I mean, it could be beneficial, but that thing once it's like a wild animal, man. You think you can tame it? I don't know. It's, it's probably gonna be end up being smarter than you. So who fucking knows? Yeah, no, it it is very scary. Um, I've kind of embraced some of this technology, iPads and stuff like that, things to supposedly make your life a little easier. But it, yeah, does it get to a point where now it's kind of scary where these computers are going to be like, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Why don't you do it for yourself? And then what do we do, man? Is it going to be too late? Are we going to be able to pull some theoretical plug or is it going to be like, well, you can't stop me now. I'm alive. Well, it, you know, before I change subject here, I mean, you ever seen the Matrix, not this crap that they released recently? Um, but they did some uh, prequel thing work on this animated DVD. Right. I don't know if you recall. Like, I don't know if you ever seen it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the Animatrix. Yeah. The one of the things is like, how did we get to this point? And the humans make these intelligent computers, and then they start overtaking stuff, and they try to negotiate some peace. But the humans were like, fuck you. And then you figure out why the world's dark because they try to block out the sun. Then the computers and the robots kind of figured like we need the humans or something. They produce something in their mind. I don't know. It's like it gets really goofy. But this is 
I'm not saying it's going to go into that, but you got to be very, very careful. I mean, I mean, there's science. This is beginning of time. We're at that point with technology where we could do a lot of shit. So for sure, I just got to keep something. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, like it's fucking creepy. Even with your phones when like, oh, you're going home. The traffic's this much. Like, yeah, you know, you're monitoring this shit. You fucking iPhone. You get that? You ever get those notifications? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll be talking about air filters for my heater at the house. And then all of a sudden I get like three or four ads of, hey, here's an air filter you can yeah, buy. Yeah. But, yeah, let us know what you guys think at ffnquestions at gmail.com. I know Danny's a little bit more uh, embraces that stuff. I'm kind of on the fence. I don't even have a smart TV yet. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, I might be that guy putting tape like uh, Zuckerberg putting tape over my uh um the cam the laptop yeah and shit like that so um and then the other big thing uh you know just uh some i'm gonna opine real quick we had some major supreme court rulings this week and obviously a lot of people were upset um i'm kind of on the fence about one of them um the the gun one uh a lot of people are pissed off about that. That New York one that got all the way to the Supreme Court where you can carry guns and people were scared. They kind of knew it was going to happen because they knew there was like a fucked up law. Uh, so people are going to be, I mean, I don't know yet. I mean, it's a state, it's a local thing, but I don't know. They ruled it that it's not good. So it got overturned. So it's going to be interesting seeing that's in New York City, how that's going to happen now. Um because Chicago has something similar where you cannot own a handgun, but you can own, like, shotguns and rifles, I believe. Right. But it's very tricky. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. And the other big one was Roe versus Wade. Um, a lot of people upset about that one, you know. And uh, they uh, federally, they, the, they said it's not a constitutional right. And a lot of people are pissed off, a lot of women. Um, but state levels, like always, local uh, uh, states uh, and communities are going to set their own rules. Um, so it's not a complete ban. It's just being broken down. And already corporations are coming out saying they're going to offer ways uh, for uh, women to pay or part something with the insurance. I don't know. You see a lot of big corporations saying they're going to they're going to help them go get abortions. Right. Yeah. I guess the the big misconception about the Roe versus Wade thing is that you can't get abortions no more. That's not true. What is true is that it's no longer going to be mandated by the federal government. It's going to be mandated by the state level. So your state legislation is the one that's going to determine whether you can have an abortion or you can't. So the state that you live in the people we elect as people of the state, they're the ones that are going to be making those those rules versus the federal government where it has people that get elected that we have no say in. Some president nominates them, some other people nominate these people. The people of the land do not nominate them. So I think this, I don't really have a huge problem with Roe versus Wade being uh, broken apart, overturned, uh, uh, overturn, uh, you know, disconnected from my faith, which I don't believe in abortions, but disconnected of that. I don't have a problem with laws being set 
in a state level versus the federal level. The federal is supposed to take care of the main stuff, the, the infrastructure, make sure that the country is safe, stuff like that. The state is the one that's supposed to determine stuff here locally for the people that elect these people that represent us in the state. So I have no problem. Your local state governors, uh, governments, they're the ones that are going to give you that choice or not. So yeah. I don't think there's a big, huge problem so with this being overturned. The, the Like uh, just focusing like we, we talking about local uh we're in the Midwest, we're in Illinois. I think about all the surrounding states around Illinois are banning abortion or not banning it, but they're going to have like stricter, strict, law, stricter right. laws defining what is what. And Illinois is just like you had the mayor come out of Chicago, come here and have your abortions. And Pritzker, our governor's, he's he called the special legislative session to see what they can do and all this other stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, a big chunk just to show you, like, it, a lot of people are against it. Uh, a lot of people are uh, against abortion, a lot of people are for it. But I mean, me being the somewhat libertarian that I am, I, I'm also, uh, I don't want to say the word pro life, but yeah, I think, yeah, you know, maybe some sometimes things happen and it is what it is with uh, people need options, but this is America. And you should be able to choose if you want to do that. I mean, I'm not, it shouldn't be your first course of action, I feel. But this is America. You you should have the choices like that. It shouldn't just be completely dismissed, which is not. It's just they're making it a little bit harder for some, some women to get it. And uh, you just got to, it's going to be more challenging, I guess, in protecting lives. Uh, unborn lives too it's uh it's an important thing and i think uh it's the right thing too but i I, I have some conflict of interest because i believe like this is america you have you should have choices like i'm i was against the vaccine mandates right and uh they're forcing people to do it but here they're telling you you can't people are getting all pissed off and they're saying you're sending back the country like forever like you're stripping away women's rights so i don't i mean i don't know the full spectrum i just know uh it, it it's gonna be it's like you're setting off like for me personally like uh, being a, a an observing of all this shit it's like you said uh something's like getting ready to explode or it's like it's warming up and this might have taken it over the edge and then um, I, like the George Floyd thing, you know, we we the country kind of exploded with the, during the pandemic. We're coming off of that, and then the election, people are pissed off about that. January six, then you got this guy, the current president, who you know you never want to see a country that you live in to see, um, <laughs> you know, with the current president's falling down or whatever. We even argue about how he fell down and stuff. It's stupid. Um, we, we just, it's like something that's ready to explode and more and more people are talking about like civil war. And to me, I think it might just come down to that. I mean, I, I, as much as I hate to say it because everybody's so fucking pissed off. Right. I admit to me, what we need, honestly, um, not being facetious, more God, more God is needed in this 
in this country, man. Um, God teaches us that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and guides you into what's correct and what is just. Um, I'm not judging anybody that's not um, a follower of Christ, but it helps you make decisions by hearing the spirit inside you to speak to you and tell you this is right, this is wrong. So to me, the killing of an innocent child is in my heart wrong, but I understand that there are extreme circumstances that may, I guess what I'm saying is that there might be a a voice for those people that are in extreme circumstances uh, even though that, that they're very small percentage of these extreme circumstances that can argue for uh, the killing of a child. But to me, I don't understand much of the argument for a regular Joe Schmo person, couple, for them to have the ability to kill a life. And, and I can't really, I, my mind can't stretch to that understanding. I'm I'm Catholic, so I judge really hard. <laughs> Not to make light of the situation, but uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, you know you like I said, is America, man. You you have that freedom. You decide to do that. You you go that. You meet your maker with that, and you guys hammer it out. And you would get uh, it is what it is with when you meet your maker. But yeah, man, it's the, the only thing where I really feel like where I get bothered by this is how they already lump up uh uh some of the convert some of the 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 arguments i heard is about uh like minorities are like you're screwing over minorities um to they're not going to have access to abortions like uh, through plant parenthood and all this stuff and i'm just like like and these are like educated women white women talking and then you hear them about how this is going to impact minorities. And I'm thinking, there you go. Another educated person thinking someone who's of color or a minority doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and that you're getting screwed over. And your only option should be to do that, to have an abortion. <laughs> so it just like, that's why I get a little annoyed. You're, you're, you're getting lumped into this group. Think of like, oh, you're a minority. You're fucking dumb. Let me explain to you how shit works. Because I'm educated and I went to school. And that's where I fucking find that problem. And you should. uh, That's where I really get like pissed off. Because they look down on you. Because you're like a minority. And that's when I really get upset. Because like oh you think uh, just because I'm a person of color. I'm a fucking idiot. And I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And educated educated, uh, people. They know more than me. When it comes to these situations. Right. Right. So. But uh, we'll see how it goes. We don't have enough time to get into it more, but uh, we'll see how where this leads us. It's going to lead to uh, the primaries are coming up, so it's going to be uh, it's interesting to see uh, how this uh, this breaks down. But that's gonna. With that being said, uh, uh, we talk about a little bit in the Civil War. That's going to take us into our article of the week. <laughs> So the article of the week is kind of, it's an older article I found, and I found it really intriguing. 
how the government had a plan when something happens. This is from the Cold War of a nuclear attack. Well, they probably still have a plan, but yes, this is the plan. But, uh, yeah, the, they do have uh, they have a, a plan on what departments handle what an event of attack, how the government plans to save itself. So this article is from 2017, but uh, they they're taking uh, a previous article uh, from the um, a Washington the Washingtonian magazine how this guy discovered uh, from the intelligence community how they're going to survive if something happens to the government with bunkers, money, uh, food, uh, how they're going to be like, we're still going to be in charge even after a nuclear war. And um, the best part is a couple of the, the, just giving you a highlight. It's a great article. Uh, It's called, you know, they got, uh, they got a lot of the, Who's going to do what? So the, the one that really caught my eye was the IRS, how they were going to tax you even after a nuclear war. Uh, so it goes, uh, not even the nuclear war would stop the taxes. The IRS had all their plans for how they would levy taxes on nuclear damage property and how they could raise revenue to keep the government go- going. Isn't that amazing then? After a nuclear war, like we still got to tax. We still uh, got to uh, charge people for sure. Yeah. And then uh, they they had a bunker with two billion in cash, which would uh, that they uh, calculated that would keep the economy going for eighteen months. Until which with that. uh with inflation, I don't think that's yeah. going to be enough anymore. No, well, yeah, this again, this is from the seventies, and their solution was like, let's make two dollar bills. <laughs> let's not keep that in circulation. That's why you have two dollar bills then, because then in a nuclear war, that's how you're going to pay people. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, the, um, I think the park service, cause they imagine people would go to like national parks. They were, um, what were they going to do? The park services would have been the agency that would, ver- uh, would have actually been running in many cases, refugee camps because of thinking that the park service land would be largely untouched by nuclear war. And then the department of Alcatraz. Al- agriculture work with nabisco to come up with a survival biscuit they they made about a six a uh, 160 million tons of this cookie that were manufactured boxed up in tins and hidden away from in a government fallout shelters around the country so i'm like damn are those fuckers still good you know and this time when uh after we break up here and then the other thing was the post office was the agency that would be in charge of registering the dead, figuring out, hey, they we deliver the mail. We know who lives here. Um, so there you have it, man. They they have a conju- uh, plans to see a nuclear war, to collect money, register the dead, and gonna give you uh, Nabisco cookies. Yeah, I you know to be honest, I'm I kind of ex- expected something like this existed, and I'm glad that something does exist like this. Most households don't have an emergency plan. If you speak to an individual family, if the shit hits the fan, you ask them, hey, what are you going to do? They're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. So it's it's good to hear that there, there is preparations and plans for an all-out catastrophe of some grand major scale. So, uh, you know, I'm glad something like this exists. It makes sense. Uh, we just spoke about something very diver- uh, 
um, you know, a very diverse conversation with a bunch of different opinions uh, with the Supreme Court. So I could see how the shit could hit the fan very quickly and, you know, kind of put the government in turmoil for a few months. So something like this is necessary. I mean, they, they were saying after the um, the riots at the Capitol how they were going into underbunker uh, tunnels to get out of the area and, and, and stuff like that. So there are stuff in place for in case there's an emergency, for sure. Now, I always thought, I mean, the government has a lot of plans, but I also feel like they don't execute it very well. It takes a while to get that going. Right. And the only reason I think of that is because of 9-11 when they were attacking uh, the towers and they had Bush, the president, talking to a bunch well, I forgot, second graders. They came and told them, and I was like, well, why isn't he being whisked away if we don't know what the hell's going on? Or unless they knew, I don't know. Um, and to me, you read that after the, after the fact, investigations, and like what they did, they were kind of prepared, but it, uh, it was kind of outdated. I remember reading somewhere that they sent fighter jets out to the ocean and they're like, what are we looking for? Well, we don't know. Have you seen any planes shooting them down and stuff? It was kind of weird because they were like, what kind of planes? Like enemy planes or like other countries? And they're like, we'll let you know because they weren't really sure what to do. I mean, they were kind of cut off guard. And then um, I don't know that 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 to me always like, mm, like, that's not good. And then. uh I know they put uh, Cheney in a bunker or something like that, if I remember correctly. Um, and then there, there's other people that got whisked away. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's good to see. I know I, I think back in the day during the Cold War, men or people in charge were more meticulous and really concerned about certain things. And today I think we're more they're more proactive. And today I think we're more reactionary. So I, I I don't know. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I, I mean, I I think nowadays people need to think about stuff like this a little bit more. Whether it's kind of like doomsday prepping and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you should have some water in the house. You should have rice and beans and things non-perishables. You should have some preparation. You should have some loose cash. In the house, just in case you should have your gun ready, just in case, you know, you know, martial law is declared and, you know, cops aren't patrolling the neighborhoods, you know, because they're, they're out like, trying to I get stop. my $2 bills here. Like, fuck this. Yeah. So I, I, I think preparation is smart and it's something that you should be doing now. Should you invest into some kind of underground bunker now? Sure. If you got that kind of expendable money, but. I don't know if you should go all out and, you know, move out into the wilderness, but definitely if you have the means, I think it's something that should be in the back of your head. Just like having jumper cables in your car, you know, in case your car breaks down and you need to get a jump, you know, stuff like I think that. Our, I think. We're, we're that last generation, our parents, and then kind of us today, uh, people don't plan for any of that shit down to... I think the average kid or person uh, now, let's say under the age of 30, maybe let's say 35, nah, 30. I don't think they can even change a goddamn tire on the car. They don't know how. They'll probably call somebody and wait fucking two hours. 
Like, do you have jumper cables in your truck, Andy? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. got a jack and everything. I, when I, I first started dating my wife, and then I saw her car, I mean, she she only had it for like a year or two. And I'm like, like, where are your jumper cables? She's like, huh? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you need jumper cables with this. One day your car battery might die. You never know. She's like, nah, I bought her one. I mean, I bought them one on Black Friday. I think I paid like five bucks. They're still in the box. We've never used them. It's right there next to the spare tire, you know, in the right. jack. So you never know. No, and I think you're right because there's uh, a younger gentleman that works with me. It was uh, the wintertime, and the guy's like, um, he was sick. He was sick, so he was just coming to pick up his laptop uh, to then go home and work from home for, for the day or two or whenever he got better. So he got to work, got the laptop, went back to his car, and his car would not turn on. And he's just like, hey, uh, can somebody give me a jump? And it's just like, yeah, sure. I think we have actually a battery sitting by the dock that people use to give jumps. And he's just like, oh, and I'm going to need jumping cables. And I'm like, dude, you don't have cables in your car? And at the same time, in the back of my head, it's ringing like, this guy's sick. I don't really want to get by him and get sick myself. So I'm just like, dude, come on, man. You're shitting me, right? You don't have jumper cables? This is a grown adult, man. Younger than me, so that's why I'm saying younger. But a grown adult, man. Way past his teens. I don't know why he doesn't have jumper cables. To me, it kind of like <laughs> baffled my mind that this guy does racist, not have jumper man. Racist. Well, maybe ageless, not sexist. Because oh, okay. sex, yeah. <laughs> sex had nothing Ageism to do with it. or some shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, man, oh, I, course, was, I was man. just like, I, I, I can't believe about, it. Me and you, we kind of think, I'm always thinking about that shit. Uh, I'm always wondering, like, uh, and I talk to a lot of people, why can't you do it? Oh, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, so what the fuck do you do when you're in the middle of nowhere if I'm not around? Well, I don't know. I'll just call. Who the fuck are you going to call? Like an 800 number? fucking do it for me like it's just stupid like it's just amazing like uh my wife had a friend who was recently in a car accident and uh she's uh i mean she's smart she she's uh she has a great job and um my wife was telling me you know uh so she got into an accident i think she hit a she rear-ended a car, and then that car rear-ended another car. So she's kind of liable for the whole thing. Right. And then what my wife mentioned that the car that she hit or the other car was a Tesla. Ooh. And I'm like, ooh. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I hope she has, like, the $100, $100,000 insurance, policy right. insurance, not like that 50 I don't even know what the state minimum. It used to be twenty grand, but ain't no fucking car now a brand new car that's worth under 20 unless it's like a fucking piece of like really small car i go tesla's like 50 what 50 to sixty thousand, and like and if even if you have the 50 like you still might be uh you might still get held up you know like they might sue you because they want the rest of their money and i told my wife yeah we got 100 grand across the board and yeah we paid a little bit extra i think we paid like an extra 20 bucks but i'm like you hit a fucking brand new car bmw or some shit or tesla or brand new pickup truck you're fucking those cars are like you know between 40 and like seventy thousand dollars right. especially if it's full 
quoted. Like, so you covered insurance. It's like, yeah, he only had uh fifty thousand dollars. Here's your fifty thousand. Where the go the right after the rest go after them. Like you're fucking screwed. Yeah, and, and if you're and if you're a homeowner, they could take your house away because that is yes. collateral. To, so they could come take your house away if you're going cheap and only got a fifty thousand dollar policy. And so she called the accident in and they told her, maybe you need to bump it up to like 70 years. She's like, yeah, she was complaining how they were trying to upsell it. I'm like, no, that's a valid fucking point. I go, I go, I look at all that because I go, uh, I know people got in accidents and they got fucking in trouble because they only had like the basic, basic to save like $80. I'm not saying it's not a lot. I mean, everybody has you know, uh, an income level and they get what they can afford. But if you get into a, a five by nine insurance and they're like, well, you're basic, you get the state minimum, which is 20 K at the time. And you hit a car that a brand new car, that's maybe 25,000, 30,000. You're on the hook for the rest of it. And right. I go, you can get sued. Like, like pay the little bit extra at the time to save you in the long run. And she was kind of upset that, uh, Someone, uh, her husband or whatever was telling her, and I'm just like, well, yeah, that's the fucking truth. Nobody, nobody thinks about that. And when the shit happens, that's why you're like, fuck. And I think she is the one that is responsible, and I think she got the ticket. So that's what I'm saying. Like, people don't want to think about that. And uh, I knew somebody uh, real quick who had a dog, and I think they lived in a house. And they got like really like uh, basic uh, home insurance, which like the the personal uh, liability or prop. You know what I'm saying? Like there's right. one for like liability if something happens, somebody slips, and they can sue you. They get like fifty thousand or a hundred thousand. Right, right. He went really cheap and got like the hundred thousand, and his dog bit. I think like nipped at a, a child like in the arm and it started bleeding and the neighbor right away went to the emergency room right away went and talked to a lawyer they found out what's the max he could ask for it and it was like a hundred they were asking more than a hundred thousand because you know they're gonna negotiate and um like yeah you get pretty screwed over if it's serious you know yeah for sure man i i just recently like like i just moved like i mentioned i was in the insurance policy you know, looking for something and yeah, man, that was definitely in the back of my mind. I'm like, somebody's walking in the winter cracks his heck over there on my sidewalk. I'm liable. So these people are, could sue me if they're like, Hey man, I, you know, I, I, I need this much money and whatever. And if, if I don't have it, they could take my and house people away. Are, and people now, like, I get it. We're legit, legit. Legitis, I can't say the fucking word. I'm an idiot. Uh, but we 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 like to go to court. People out there know how to use the system. So something happens, and if you have insurance, they're gonna try to max out most they can get out of your insurance. So if it's twenty thousand, a hundred thousand, they're gonna play that game and send letters and ask for the max, and, and it's a negotiation. And you might not get the whole thing, but they're just trying to get the most. That they're allowed under your policy or, or the insurance allows, and it's a it's a it's a scary thing because if but if it's something like if it's serious, like yeah, man, if you they they need more, you could be really screwed. No, yeah, for sure, man. It's it's definitely scary times, scary uh, 
conversations we had today, Andy. But I think that's about all the time. I think we got to go out there and enjoy our days. So we'd like to thank you all for listening. Remember to follow us on Freeform Network on Facebook and Twitter at Freeform Network. Send in those questions and suggestions. Let us know your thoughts on on these articles and uh, maybe future articles you want us to have. FFNquestions at gmail.com. Visit that webpage, freeformnetwork.podbean.com. Andy pays a lot of money to have that website up and, you know, go visit it, man. Put a couple (laughs) likes and subscribe. Sure do. Heck yeah. But yeah, for Freeform Radio, we got Andy. It's all good, Andy. Remember, uh, Danny said ffnquestions at gmail.com. Send anything you want there. I want to know if somebody tried this Nabisco survival cookie biscuit. Somebody got a hold of this tin. Let us know when you tried it, how was it, and how did it taste. Because I really want to. I'm going to try to find one. Yeah, for sure, man. I think it's like finding an old Topps baseball card pack <laughs> that hasn't been opened and you try that gum. Is this yeah. still good, man? I don't I know. I think it is. <laughs> but I'm Daniel for Freeform Radio. I'd like to thank you again all for listening. We'll see you next week and enjoy that weather, man. Dad.